Welcome to Talking In Stations. Uh, I am Matt Earl, News Chief at Matani.com. Talking In Stations is a show that talks about EVE Online and some of the issues that players face and uh, a lot of stuff that happens in the game. But we also are now talking about other games as well, which we may do today. So we have a good show planned today. It's going to be our panel talking about um, the media. By media, I mean the people who bring us news from EVE Online. Are they doing their job well? How can we improve it? Or is it just a player base that is not interested in news from EVE? Uh, but before we get started, let's introduce uh, the people we're going to be talking today, starting with uh, Nice Trick. Hi, I'm Nice Trick. I don't play EVE. That's oh. it. <laughs> I, I forgot to remind you, you got to stop saying that because people are like, what's she doing on the show? <laughs> I know, that's the best part. It's my favorite part <laughs> You're you're totally flaunting it. All right. I know. All right, but tell us what you did do because you were a player for, uh, for a I long was. time. I uh, was. I played for, I don't remember how long now, but um, I FC'd. I was really into small gang. I did roams. I made money. I dabbled in everything uh, and then started working for TMC. And I was like, I hate this game. I don't want to play it anymore. I didn't actually <laughs> hate it. <laughs> Kidding. All right, you're playing to the audience. I can see that. But... I'm really good at that. Uh, but I do want to know, like, you also did uh, the Meta Show for a while, didn't you? Or actually did a precursor to the Meta Show. Yeah, we did. Oh, God, what the hell was the name? TMC, TMC After Hours or Live? TMC yeah. Live, yeah. So we did it with me, Mark Scaris, and Alikchi, if you guys remember those two dudes uh, in space. Yeah, I'll, uh, we'll come back to that because I want to know more about it. Uh, okay. Let's move to Ashtarathi. Greetings, fellow Empyreans. I'm Ash Jarathi. I am the commander of Adoran Robotics and active participant on Hydrag, Hydrostatic, and Talking In Stations podcasts. Awesome. Yes. Uh, and Tiberius. Hi, I'm Drayden. No, wait, no, I'm not. I changed you. I'm sorry. I had, I had the wrong <laughs> name up. I didn't notice that. Uh, hey, I'm Tiberius Targazer. I am a member of a Dice Corporation along with Metal, um in Northern Coalition. I am the, also the editor-in-chief for Eve NT. Oh, that's right. Uh, author and editor uh, and interviewer now. You're also seen on the 07 show, right? Yeah, um, whenever uh, EVNT does the Celebrity Clyde bit for uh, the 07 show, um, I, I sort of present the uh, celebrities, so I sort of summarize who they are. Oh, so you get a mix with the celebrities. Wow. Thanks for coming, guys. Let's get uh, to the show. Um, the uh, Today's topic is going to be some of the news that we'll cover a little bit later, but uh, everybody up here is experienced in um, putting out like content that's above and beyond the stuff that's in EVE Online, and that is the, the meta, we call it, and that is in the form of media, whether it be streaming or uh, writing or uh, podcasting or any of that kind of stuff. And there's been a long, long tradition of it. Uh, for EVE Online, because it's such a complicated game. People want to understand it. People want to know what's going on in it, since it's so vast. And so uh, there's always been a market for news and uh, ways of finding out what's going on that um, that are easier than just communicating with people in-game in your limited sphere. Um, so actually, let's start out with um, 
what did we what did we actually what was the first thing you guys started reading when you first came to Eve? Like when did you step into being a consumer of the Eve media? Uh, for me personally, it was about learning. So it was about wikis. It was about, okay, who knows what I can fly and how I can fly it and do it well. So for my initial consumption of Eve was learning about, well, what's the meta right now? What are people flying, you know, on mass? How can I help my, my fellow court mates, you know, achieve things and, and alliance mates achieve things, even though I, especially then that I didn't really have very many skill points, it was okay. My limited skill points what's the best thing i can fly it was all about um doing the best i could with the skill points i had at my disposal that was how i consumed the quote news then right and um Ashtarathi, what what was the first thing you remember listening to and being blown away basically yeah well i don't actually know about my first thing i like at first the first big thing that i read was isk the guide um, which was a, is a pretty decent uh, kind of publication of the overall rules of the game, uh, an attempt at a manual of sorts. But I, I think that the first like major media that caught my eye was uh, Jester Trek and uh, Voices from the Void. Oh, right. Uh, actually, we're trying to surprise you by having Adri um, uh, Donica. Hey, was that your wife that just walked behind the show there, Tiberius? Yes, yes, it was. Not bad. <laughs> In before grill. In before grill. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, we were trying to surprise you by having her on the show. She will come on the show at some point. It'd be nice to talk with her. Um, <laughs> I know you're a big fan of hers. So I was, I was hoping to get that set up, but didn't get in communication in time. But um, yeah, so there it is for a later time. We'll have the former host of Lost. What was it not Lost and Eve, but? Voices from the Void. Voices and from you, the Void. I, so, so since you've mentioned this, Matterall has been teasing me with this offer for like, it's got to be going on eight months now. And yeah, I'm a huge fan of hers. Uh, I think that she brought a certain quality to the podcasting, not only her own podcast, but she worked really hard to create a good podcasting environment. And I still say that, that the podcasts we have now are better for the amount of organization that she put in when she was uh, you know, doing her thing. I uh, can't disagree with that. You'll see on screen, I just put up the Eve, the uh, IS guide. It's a little bit outdated, but there's a ton of information in there and an incredible amount of work went into that, the writing of that and the graphics of that. So if you get a chance to download it, it's well worth it. They actually um, update it fairly frequently. So it's not as out of date as you would expect, but oh, it still is. Yeah. Didn't know I will that. also say that I lied. My first consumption of Eve media was Brooks and King's videos. That was my very first, mm. before I even started playing Eve, these beautiful, visually striking videos with these long, intense, player-created narratives. And I was like, holy crap, I need to play this game. Is that actually what drew you into the game? Yes, Brooks and Kings are wow. the people to thank for my need to play this game. <laughs> All right, we'll come back to that in just a second, too. But Tiberius, I want to know what you started with. Um, mine was a bit different, to be honest, because uh, my my first exposure of Eve was uh, an, a trailer for Dust 514 uh, for the PlayStation. So I, I then got into the trials, the Mordu's Asians trials and the original betas, and that exposed me to the Eve universe. And then I started reading uh, the Chronicles and the, um, the various bits about the game and 
I kind of researched it. And after about three months playing Dust, I was like, you know what? I'm going to make my character in Eve to support my Dust character. Ho, ho, ho. Yeah. I feel um, really bad. I just laughed really hard. I'm really sorry. Yeah, exactly. I'm really so, surprised that you didn't look at Dust and go, uh, I don't know what the CCP people are, but I'm not going near another one of their games. <laughs> no, I loved, I loved Dust. Dust was like, for me, uh, a bit strange. I, I kind of like liked a bit of depth to it. Like every hey, other first person shooter there, was like, there's no shame in it. Been. There's no shame. I liked what it could have been. So I totally get it. Like, yeah, that was, that, that was out, the point. I was like, oh man, this game's going to be amazing. And then no, CCP. I got CCP'd. Well, it, but it, but that's towards the end of its lifespan was really true. good. That's so true. good. Which is why I mean, it had like, to end, right? It was starting to almost be decent. Um, yeah, but... We'll see. Right. Nova. Nova is the savior of dust. We'll uh-huh. see. So, okay. That, that's how I got into it, basically. All right. But that's how you got into Eve, or is that how you got into Eve Media? I mean, what you... It was, it was through researching um, Eve uh, through that that I got into the wider media. So I started finding stories about yeah, what you... players have been up to and in the wider Eve universe. And I was like, hey, you know... I could be a part of that, and I, I bought into the future that was dust. Um, a, being a part of that future. Um, yeah. In the end, I just ended up being part of Eve anyway. So, all right, Ashtarathi, I'll give you a second to tell people why you're half naked on screen. <laughs> <laughs> I told them in the comments, but it's like it's 35 degrees Celsius, and I've got my computer right next to me, which is not a low-powered computer, and so it's gone from being a cozy furnace in in the winter to the gates of hell itself during the summer so i told them that i i don't care if i'm on camera but i'm not wearing a shirt today so <laughs> i wash fine. my hands of any and all responsibility you're not you're not showing nipples so you're fine actually I can i low. can i just say he's uh, wearing a kilt am i allowed to say that i am wearing a kilt nice i'm a fan jk well whatever just don't stand up um, <laughs> I do want to say, when I actually started, uh, the first stuff that I was reading was uh, Eve Tribune and uh, Scrap Heap. But back then it was, uh, was it Scrap Heap Challenge back then before it was Fail Heap or was it Fail Heap first? I forget. And uh, I forgot about Fail Heap. One thing I did is I printed out all the chronicles and I started reading those. And uh, another thing I read, like the Bible, was uh, Halada's Mining Guide. I saw... Marshmallow in the chat there also mentioned it. And for me, I spent, I read that thing cover to cover because that was like a guide for industry. And when I joined this game, I was older and I had a young child. So all the time that I had was pretty much solo time. I couldn't really be part of a group effort. So mining was really kind of the thing that I could do and and learn on my own. Uh, But at this time, guys in chat there, if you guys would list out the stuff that you started, uh, consuming as far as eve media like what were the first things you were reading or who were the first people that influenced you when you were trying to learn about the game or that sort of thing i will say uh it was quite a shock for me going from you know rooks and kings and cool kind of interesting things about eve and reading you know just more factual stuff on wikis to like reading eve reddit where i was like oh my god these people are (laughs) all assholes what the hell well, they weren't back then. I mean, it's, it took a while for them to get really bad. I but, completely uh, disagree with you. 
Oh, were they bad back then? Oh, because oh, they were yeah. test, right? No, we'll, we'll... I'm not Eve Reddit, not test Reddit. Oh. Which was, the... by my, like, in uh, my opinion, comparatively tame. Ah. Uh, I mean, you, you and I, Matt, and Ash, are kind of um, desensitized to what the Eve community is actually like because we've been in it for so long. For somebody that comes in and looks at our Reddit, it's like, holy cow, what? What the hell is going on here? <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah. Well, actually, and I, I'm with in agreement with uh, Nosy Gamer there because I read Kirith Kadachi's uh, work, and I also read Eon Magazine. In fact, I have all the Eon magazines, and uh, you know, I've been trying to talk. I've talked to one of the editor of Eon Magazine, and also I've talked to Manifest uh, CCP Manifest about who has the rights. It's very ambiguous who actually owns the rights to those magazines right now. Because I want to find a way to reproduce them and, and get them out to people. Um, you know, uh, Kirith Kadachi is a member of Aderon Robotics, and he is our FC every Sunday. Well, maybe I should join Aderon just to, to, just to hang out. <laughs> Actually, uh, what we one of the things we used to do is just have open fleets on Sunday, so anybody can come in. So, I, if you want to come and fly with us, I, you don't have to join Aderon if you don't want to matter all. Everybody else does. If you want to fly with us, you got to join us. But Matterall, you can come and, and tour tour the system. Can I can hey. I bring my can I bring a date, Tiberius? You can plus one. <laughs> can I plus yes. one? Yes. <laughs> All right. In. All right. So the next question I wanted to get to was, um, what about what they were doing back then, as far as podcasts, and what they're doing now? Because uh, there there seems to be, and this is the reason that the topic came up in the first place, seems to be a little bit of a drought right now. It is summer, so maybe people are on vacation like I was and will go again. Um, I'm going on vacation next week, but an ice trick is going to pick up the show. Um, so is that what it is? Or is there really just kind of nothing going on in Eve, nothing to talk about, less people that want to talk about it? Um, well, I think first and foremost is that something to remember. And I mean, a lot of people kind of downplay this, but there's nothing really too interesting going on in terms of player generated content at the moment. Um, you know, these interesting stories and interesting narratives come from, you know, bigger wars or bigger conflicts that, you know, are generated and whatnot. Right now, there's not a whole lot of that going on. And since sort of the decline of um, the war to kind of quote, kill goons or whatever you want to call it, I don't really know it was called it was called a thing that i don't remember it was given a fancy title um but since all that's kind of died down um a lot of the more in my opinion interesting narrative and news has kind of died down with it Ooh, I, I think it was called I the war describe. of sobless bees that's <laughs> I've seen, i think i think the other thing i saw it called was the war of sobless aggression or something no, like yeah, that. yeah i, I, I just yeah something like yeah. that i, I saw thank what you, you did I there couldn't yeah. i couldn't remember what yeah. it was called so thank you no it was, no, called, I, it was called the world war of sobless aggression or world war b depending on who you ask right right thank you i i would disagree i, I think just just to disagree <laughs> well i think no no I think that you're right. There are well, Tiberius. I disagree too. There's, 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 there are things happening. Like I even I got reports that there that are there's... things happening. Right. Well, like uh, Burn Jeet is supposedly happening tomorrow by Spectre Fleet, and you know, there's, there's various different things. At least that's what I heard. I don't, I don't know. But um, uh, I think that one of the things is that we just have burnout, man. Like the, mm. we had a war and the first expansion in two years. Like we were. The Eve media was churning at a rate that was almost unprecedented for the first half of this year. 
and now oh, it's like we're all just kind of news exhausted. I could agree with that. I, I don't know. I think a TMC uh, got a. All right, go ahead, Tiberius, and I'll say something. So the re the main reason I agree about it is it disagree with um, the statement that nothing's going on in Eve. There is lots of going on in Eve at the moment, but there is not a lot of people that want to write about it, um, except for one man, and that. That guy, his name is um, Boom Boom Knack on Skype. Uh, he runs the game of Sov uh, blog. And just yesterday, um, he he posts something every like two or three days on it. And he's posted things going on in Blackrise, Lone Trek, Forge, Gemini, Cloud Ring, Fade, Pure Blind, Syndicate. There is stuff going on everywhere and there's two whole wars currently raging um in other parts of space that is not being covered by the the eve media at the moment so then i guess the question becomes then because i agree with you that there's always stuff going on even if it's things that quote bigger media aren't picking up on so then what is it about these sort of smaller wars that people don't care about is it the alliances that people are like, oh, it's just them. No one really cares. Or is it that nothing really super interesting is happening? No one's losing big numbers. No one's like, what's going on there? But it's not uninteresting stuff because when to you. I do, well, true. But when when I get in there and I start scratching the surface a little bit, there's like local regional conflicts. There's local regional dramas and the things. The only difference is, is that these are within small groups where they don't have necessarily somebody that wants to go out and beat the drum and say, hey, this is the things we were doing. And look at the amazing stuff we're doing. Look at this drama we had and this guy backstabbed this guy and this person broke this treaty and these guys are invading our space and we're invading their space. There's nobody talking about There's nobody there to just write that. Well, and that's on. the problem. Let me let me hypothesize for a second because that's very interesting. There's there's plenty of things going on, but what I think that we have is an absence of narratives, right? Like you that's can have a war saying. without having a message behind that war. And I think that this may be one of the big downsides of the new Sov system. I know that a lot of people like to complain about the Sov system here or there, but here's the thing. The Sov system as we currently have it or the Sov system that we had before favored strong allies, favored big fleets, favored being big and strong and scary and bolstery. And therefore you got that kind of voice. You had these people that were, you know, all over the top and had plenty to say. And now the new Sov actually encourages smaller groups to almost lay low in hopes that people won't, you know, outsiders won't come and just fuck up what they already got going on. And so it's possible that you're seeing you're not seeing as much news about these groups because they don't want to broadcast their message. They don't want to be out there in the news because that could actually be detrimental to some of these organizations. Exactly. I, have to, I have to agree with that. Uh, so, you know, um, before this show, I talked to Naiden and Tiberius and we sat there for a couple hours just recording, you know, three media guys 15 talking. minutes, right? Yeah, 15 minutes turned into two hours, 15 minutes. Sorry, Naiden, because <laughs> it's probably way past his bedtime. But um, in talking about that... Um, we ended up, uh, and I lost my point, so I'll just uh, have to edit this part out. <laughs> <laughs> I do want to say thanks, Astrosity, for articulating my point better than I could. But yeah. it's, it's totally true, because there is this thing called like 
the Tal War in the South. Nobody knows about that. I don't know about that. The only reason I know about that is because one person's written on the blog. Why and are you writing about it? I will say... Um, well, that's I, it. <laughs> I will say that I find, like, when I... Right now, which is the big difference from then, is that right now when I want to know what's happening in EVE and what's kind of more interesting in EVE, I don't necessarily turn to the bigger media places. I look to smaller kind of blogs or podcasts that are actually talking about smaller gang things because for me personally, that's what I'm interested in. But when it comes to larger media, they care about large sweeping narratives, you know, them versus us, bad guy versus good guy, all that stuff. And someone in chat made the comment of, I think people are still kind of living off the Gurgoons thing. And I think that that's true, especially when I look at the general comments just kind of everywhere, especially on Reddit and um, even still on uh, Eve forums, just of people being like, haha, Goons is dead still. We did it, guys. And I'm like, okay. Yeah, you did it in May. <laughs> yeah, we know yeah, you did. Yeah. We're getting near August. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, what else can we do? But actually, the the larger question was: I was thinking back when I was coming up, and I and I don't know if it's context. You know, like when you're a, a teenager, or even you know a, a preteen, and you hear your older brothers or sisters' records, and they are magical, or you're entering music yourself as a teenager, and then when you're much older, at thirty, like I am. I'm just kidding. I'm probably older than that. But you're listening to the same <laughs> songs and you're totally you're like... But he's not sure. <laughs> I stopped counting. You're totally attached <laughs> to the music in a way that it's it's like branded, right? Like look at all of advertising. It's always trying to get that really young market share because those are the ones that are going to have brand loyalty you can build on. Yeah, I definitely agree to that point. I there's new music that's out and I'm like I'm not even that old and I'm like what the hell is this crap on the radio <laughs> what are these what kids is, listening to what yeah. are these terrible children <laughs> listening to I'm gonna listen to music from the 80s I wasn't even alive then but <laughs> right. fuck it yeah but see the the um the the thing is is that what happens with Eve you come in and the the, the media is so important because you're learning so much from because everything's new and it, you know explained to you and handed to you on a silver platter because somebody is breaking down what these really experienced guys are talking about so that you can understand it and is there a golden have, age I definitely have a nostalgia for everything that happened probably before I quit like the the fountain war was really really interesting and you know kind of the climax of of me playing Eve and then all the stuff before that was really interesting and new and exciting. And now I'm just like, okay, it's Eve. Yeah. Now you're like a bitter. I want the like, old talk, stuff again. Yeah. You talk about being a bitter vet, but right. really it's kind of like bitter news people as well. It's like, I <laughs> can't be bothered to explain this to people. It's just so much effort. They already know it. But, but doesn't that like also bring up an interesting point in the fact that we're so desensitized to what maybe younger players would find really exciting about yeah. something with Eve. And we're just like, oh, well, no, that only had 80 people in that fight. It didn't have when 300 people in the fight. Yeah. There's, there's also the additional problem that there's a lot of things about Eve, especially when it comes to, like, events, in which they sound really cool, but the practice of experiencing them are not is not necessarily that cool. And not even live events. BTAC R is another great example. Like Eve is just full of these things that like reading about them is way cooler than actually doing them. And so what ends up happening is is that the you know, people that don't that come in after the fact, I hear about the live events 
from uh, you know the beginning of Eve, and I'm like, wow, it would be, I would have given anything to be part of those, you know, be part of history. And then I realized I've been part of live events in, in lately, and it hasn't, you know, they're usually kind of bungly and you know quirky, just like everything else CCP does. And it's just and like, you, oh well. Well, right. It goes. It goes back to the idea of you know we talked about. I think it was last week or the week before. Claire retention. We were talking about people read these amazing articles that make it to you know, magazines and newspapers, and they're like, wow, that sounds so cool. I'm going to give this game a try. And then they do, and they get into fights like the attack and they're like, else. fuck tie-dye. Uh, well, so boring. I can't before, do anything. And they quit. Before there was tie-dye, and I'm not saying tie-dye is good because I actually don't think it is, and I'll <laughs> explain that in an upcoming article. But the, um, the thing of it was before all that you had basically your computer would just fry up and you'd lock for an hour and you didn't know if you were in or out of the, uh, the game itself. Uh, and that, that was like those, you know, if you got double doomsdayed, uh, in a fleet, uh, that was not as exciting as it sounded when you read about it. Uh, when you read about it, it sounded really cool. Cause you know what? It took all of a minute and a half to read that thing, that little battle report. Uh, but, you know, it took you three, four hours to get, you know, your three, four re hours. Re rebooted, you know, to get no there, joke. to get suited up. People. So so it was a common thing where like your your computer would lock up and you would just go to Z Killboard or whatever it was back then. Eve kill and refresh it and just see like <laughs> Who's I, winning? That's, that's how you find out whether or not you're dead yet. You know, wow. <laughs> but, uh, uh, but it's not the experience necessarily the event that, that was the main driver of these it was always the, the narrative of it it was always the the reason people were doing this thing in the first place yeah but we say that but but what you know like we see the numbers as well a lot of people aren't reading not as many people are reading as we would think uh should be reading uh eve news oh, i've seen it go up and down but uh, I, I can tell you that we seem to be kind of a minority, the Eve meta reading population. Right. Well, that goes back to the idea that I was talking about before, which is that when big, interesting, quote, big, interesting things, large sweeping narratives are going on, people outside of Eve or people that are not as interested in Eve are actually reading what's happening so that they don't necessarily have to participate or they find eventually that they are drawn to one side of the narrative and do start mm. participating. But once that narrative is sort of over... They, they kind of just lull off. A lot of them stop playing Eve, stop paying attention to Eve. And you'll see that in Eve streams, Eve media, Eve podcasts, Eve anything. Those numbers drop, and we have statistics to prove that. Yeah. And, also, and this, sorry. Uh, I was just going to say, just on the point I wanted to make, is, was while World War B, I'm going to call it World War B, um, was ongoing, the coverage not just within the little eve's media sphere bubble that we live in but also in the wider gaming sphere was huge there was articles popping up everywhere yep. about it and then as soon as it stopped it was up finished gone yep. end of story i think if you look on google statistics you can kind of see how popular eve is and i think that's like google's searching uh, engine so they can uh, show you that. And I'll, I'll bring that up in just a second. Hey, Matterall, we have a Ryan. Yes, Ryan is actually an editor for uh, themitani.com that I work with. I'll put him up on screen in just a second. He doesn't have a video, but I'll put up his name. And so, Ryan, say hello and introduce yourself, please. 
Hello, everybody. My name is Brian, and I'm an editor with TheMadani.com. How long have you been an editor at Madani.com? Pretty much for most of the site's lifespan. Uh, I got on board when the site started in Q4 2012, and apart from one stretch around 2014, I've spent most of that time in editorial. And of all of us, because I'm in the editing team as well, uh, as the news director for EVE, the uh, you were really the longest standing guy, right? I'm sure that there have been people working behind the scenes on like the uh, on the platform and other things that have been there longer, and certainly Mittens has. Uh, but I think I'm probably one of the oldest people on the word side that is still around. Yeah, I can't think of anyone older than Ryan that is still an editor. Like I can think of a few people that have left, and they almost rivaled Ryan's sort of stay. But he's well. When I think of like our editorial team, Ryan is the name that stands out. Is that right? That's good. Um, Ash Sarathi and Nystrick, you guys were both writers at one point for TMC. That's correct. Uh, I actually so the whole thing that got me started, going back to what I said earlier, Jester's Trek. I, I wanted to start writing, but uh, you know, the Eve media, I felt like the winners of the Eve media had already been selected at that point and that there was no way I was going to beat Jester. So the best thing I could do is try to become the Jester for something else. And so I chose MechWarrior Online and started writing there and uh, started getting to know the guy that was running the MechWarrior Online subreddit at the time who happened to be a writer for the Mitani.com. And so he's like, you should totally just come write for us. So that's how like I tried to leave the Eve Eve world in order to write, and then it just sucked me right back in, and I've been writing about Eve ever since. Oh my goodness, uh, it's actually funny because MechWare Online is how I got uh, into TMC, and it's the desk that I took care of in the early days. That's funny. Um, are, 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 I did. Am, are you the person too. that I talked to on Reddit? Uh, probably not because I don't really use Reddit, but uh, okay. you probably would have interacted with me at TMC. It's. I'm sure. Uh, you guys probably know each other. We'll uh, introduce you if you haven't. All right. Uh, so, Ryan, the topic is the uh, the news and how it's changed over the years. Um, do you want to talk about talk about the early days? What was some of the stuff you were reading? Well, actually, you came in not through Eve. You came in uh, directly to TMC. Is that right? Yes. Um, well, what happened is that I was playing Mechware Online and... Uh, I saw Mitani in uh, in a game, and I decided, you know what, I think I might like to play robots with someone who is space famous. And we got to talking about, uh, well, you know, what does everybody do? Because there's only so much that you can go, uh, okay, primary is alpha, all engage alpha. You know, there's a lot of dead space while you move your robots into position. And I said that uh, I had just left a games journalism position. And he goes, you know, it's a really funny thing because this is what I'm doing. And uh, maybe an hour later, I found myself in a uh, in a Skype group with TMC at the time. And the rest is history. As far as what we covered back then, we have... Uh, our focus used to be a whole lot stronger on EVE. And I think that's because a lot more stuff was... Uh, I'd say blowing up back then and we had a lot more in the way of a stronger focus on what was counted as news and over time we've 
uh, we've sort of evolved from what we uh, from what we consider to be news and what we uh, what we cover now, which is more which is less Eve only and more of interest to the target audience of people that like Eve, people who are in the Imperium, people uh, who like these kind of team oriented games. Can you repeat everything you said just for me? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> Uh, okay, so anyway, we can ask you about what, or what were the things that you read when you were first entering EVE and what inspired you and that sort of stuff. Um, but you did come in more through a professional avenue, and um, and then you wanted to uh, hang out with uh, Mitani. Uh, we all start in funny places, but um, <laughs> funnily enough, it actually, um, yeah, I suppose that I've been one of the few people that actually has had... Um, prior experience that has stuck with it and that's not a knock on the writers because i think that everyone on the team has just done great and one of the best uh best parts of this job is being able to uh help people improve their writing and uh to get you know get people's words up there in a nice state well we talked about it before and maybe ryan can speak to it more the idea of kind of writer burnout um, after sort of bigger wars and there's a lot of content, do you see a lot of writers just kind of drop off the face of the planet? Did absolutely. Did you say that while I was in the bathroom? <laughs> I didn't mention that, but it okay. is absolutely a thing that happens. And uh, it sort of does break my heart because when a lot of people uh, drop or they lose momentum, uh, those are always the people that I, I like to work with the best. Um, and I think that's a part of why the direction has changed from... Uh, you absolutely must produce uh, X amount of pieces per month and uh, you must follow this format, blah, 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 to, uh, you know, more of a quality-oriented, let's, uh, let's look at this thing that might be of interest and let's take the time to do it good. Me yeah. and talk good. Yeah, in the... Yeah. Uh, do you mean well, days? Mr. Editor? Do you mean well? <laughs> in the early days uh, with the Matani.com, you had to write four articles a month Yep. or else you were out yep. no no really there wasn't there there was i mean yeah there was definitely a strong expectation for for content and one of the things that everybody learned was that when you do that you you go from maybe writers that take pauses to writers that just burn out completely which is ultimately why i left the matani originally was because my life hit a point where i couldn't hit the four quota yeah there was it was it was more than just four it was you know your numbers had to be uh, fairly good, you know, there was incentives for writing well, which I mean, I don't know if there still are, and I mean, there's there's no no negative side with for incentives for writing good articles that get good numbers and good feedback, but you know, it's just, it's a lot of strain as a writer to s sit there and try to pump out these good articles all the time and to have a quota that you have to meet. It can get Absolutely. really stressful. Well, I think the, the management changed, uh, maybe Ryan can speak to that, but the whole style changed, and uh, that was a personality uh, that was, well, let's just say that was Mittens uh, running the show. It was very, it was very much a quota. It was very much a do or die. And you want to be part of this group, be part of this group um, mentality. Well, I, I think it's really important because it sounds like we're saying that as a negative thing, uh, that tactic well, was the tactic that was oh, needed worked. at that time. Yep. To, uh, for those of people who don't know, before the Matani.com, there was Eve News 24 and, uh, you know, present company excluded. Back then, Eve News 24 was god-awful. It was just, it was terrible. Yeah. Everybody called well, it the Fox News of, of, of uh, Eve. And I think that, you know, so when the Matani.com happened, they, they 
basically were saying, we're going to prove that Eve Media can be of a high quality. And then what was good about that was that Eve News 24, instead of just rolling over and accepting it, they kind of did for a little bit, but eventually they they nutted up and, and they improved their quality. And yeah, I think that totally. the quality of discourse across the entire game's atmosphere. And then, of course, you know, Crossing Zebra stepped in and, and thought that they could do something cool. Well, actually, management had changed at EN24 from uh, Riverini, who was running it, to he stepped back and just did the technical part and he allowed Bobman to take it over with certain conditions of uh, you would get, uh, you know, so much of a quota. In other words, like you can have the image of Eve News 24 and you can shape it any way you want uh, as long as you make this quota of hits. Um, and Bobman went ahead and did that and he started really shaping it towards CCP, who he's a big fan of. He's now on CSM, by the way, uh, to make it a lot more friendly towards the, the game. And also it took a lot of the sharp elbows out of it because uh, Riverini used to accept anything that uh, was fresh. And so you'd get a lot of uh, stuff that was inaccurate because you'd get trolled a lot, uh, so you'd have you didn't know if it was trustworthy news or not. I, after I a while. will say I definitely enjoyed kind of letting seeing what Bobman did with the site because he's a fantastic writer, you know. Despite and, and you know speaker, I've, we've had him on the Meta Show I think a few times now. And just listening to him talk, he's very knowledgeable. So that was definitely a really good choice on Riverini's part to let him kind of take the reins and yeah, do his thing. I, I think that worked out for both of them. I think Bobman wanted a platform to be able to like help Eve because he's such a big fan of the game. And now he's jumped from that platform over to uh, CSM, and that's his platform for trying to help Eve. Uh, in the process, though, what, what's going on in Eve News 24? Is he still at the helm there, Tiberius? You, you are an editor there. Sorry, I missed half the question. Is Bobman <laughs> still there? Yes, he's still are there. Are you still here? Yeah, we should ask that first. I'm not still here. I've had too many beers. <laughs> I will interject for a moment, though, and say that the uh, the quali the quantitative model, uh, it actually did work at the time because we uh, we did have for for a few years a massive onrush of talent. And uh, while I do regret that we um, uh, that we did have a fairly high burnout rate. Uh, what was awesome was just getting to see so many passionate people uh, apply something that hadn't really been done before, and that was talking about, uh, you know, taking a focus on games. And, uh, yeah, it was... Uh, it, <laughs> TMC was something that I had never really seen before, and I think that kind of new approach is what, something that's kept me going all this time. So what about uh, podcasts, though? It's not just about news, but what are you guys seeing out there on the podcast landscape? Is it as good as it was? All right. Let everybody uh, talk at once. I'll be honest with you. I Nobody actually, wants to say what they want to say. Now, <laughs> now, that, now that I just raised a three-year-old and, and work from home, I don't podcast nearly as much as I used to, like listen to podcasts nearly as much as I used to. Um, I know that... Uh, for a while, I was kind of frustrated because it seemed like a lot of the podcasters were younger players. And I, I mean, like, in the game, which was fine because there's a lot of enthusiasm, but there wasn't a wealth of knowledge. Um, and that was one of the reasons why I, I built Hydrostatic in the first place. But at the same time, from what I have seen, I, I would like to think that some of that has corrected now. Um, maybe those same people have gotten a little bit older, but it seems like the, the knowledge base of people who are talking about Eve has gone up at least slightly um and but i do i do agree that 
there has been kind of a media slump since the wars come out or you know the wars have ended but i think that the quality of the discourse has remained at least relatively high i agree well what was going on before i mean a voices from the void let's talk about that uh let's talk about even uh minship lol who i thought was an amazing broadcaster um you know every week or so she would have a show I am not being sarcastic. Okay. Oh, she, her show. She, she watch her show. It's amazing. Did. I have watched her show. Okay. Watch more than one show. Uh, <laughs> and you'll see that she puts graphics up and she's talking about the news. And she has, a I like, a very fresh editing style that cuts out all the boring parts. But the point is, love or hate her, for political reasons or for other reasons, she was bringing a lot of news to Eve uh, for her, you know, 2000, what, 11, 2012 era. Well, have you ever watched Trade Chat? Uh, not I, I, that I I'm know guessing of. no. So, so there is a, there's basically like the Mitten, or not Mittens, but uh, Minship LOL for World of Warcraft is uh, this girl called, whose channel is called Trade Chat. And it was very much the same thing. They both came out kind of at the same time. Uh, Trade Chat is a little bit more like Bubblegum, where Mintchip was a little bit more gothic, which I think kind of fit the two games. But in general, it was just like the female YouTuber talking about their topic. And it's kind of sad to see how it played out because, you know, Mintchip obviously uh, did not go well. Whereas Trade Chat has actually become like, she. I think she's she's officially part of some of the other WoW news sites. She does stuff with WoW. She was on like a reality TV show. So it's kind of interesting. I go back and watch her every once in a while and think about what might have been. Well, that's interesting. I don't think anybody could ever break orbit from EVE Online. I, I just uh, I don't know if it's possible. Matani may be the only one to become very popular and uh, basically allowed to leave EVE Online. I think they would be they would implode or be destroyed by the players themselves before that's possible. If I can comment on the difference as well, uh, looking at a game like WoW and Trade Chat and Eve Online and uh, Minship Show, it's it's not surprising to me that Trade Chat and the person who ran it uh, did well, whereas Minship did not, given the sort of environment created. And here I'm going to go and people are going to freak out. Given the environment created for women in media as outspoken women in Eve versus World of Warcraft. I, you, yeah. I I understand your trepidation for saying that, and but a you are correct. No, and, I know I'm right. And, and I'm just, B, I don't want to get. I, I'm gonna get shit. That's all. Right, but but B more importantly, you're even more correct for that time, right? Oh, I was actually just yep. I was just talking about that. Like people forget that as little as five years ago, a female gamer was looked upon down upon across across pretty much all of gaming space uh i found an old article on like a, a wow rating forum where they're talking about how women were literally just not allowed they were one of the rules to be recruited in the yeah. highest tier rating guild was that you couldn't you be a girl prove that you were you were male and i i hardcore rated through that environment you right. know through vanilla wow through up through all those rungs and had people be like, and be turned down from a top 10, top 50 guild despite my numbers and despite yeah. my performance on just the, my virtue of being female. And I mean, something that is that I think is really important that needs to be said is that that is hyper intensified in Eve. Like in, to, an end, 
to an nth degree. And that's part of the reason why Mintchip built and people liked her and then she fluttered out. People liked her at first and thought she was fun and interesting. And I'll, I'll give her that. She was fun. Um, I, I had problems with the, um, it's just, it's just a thing for me. Like I had problems with her kind of airhead, like, LOL, I'm kind of acting like an idiot. And I was like, but you're smart. Why are you doing that to yourself? And the honest answer is that she had to pretend that she was kind of stupid because otherwise people would not care or listen or she'd be treated like crap. So, like well, I said, we were just talking about this the other day. Sorry, one, one more thing. Uh, there's, <laughs> there's a post on the Matani.com from 2012 that really drove this home. And it's interesting because it's actually written by Scion. I just linked it to you, Matterall. Um, but it was about how one of the commanders of Goonswarm uh, literally had to like have her friend take pictures of her so that everyone else would think that she was she looked a different way or whatever so that that yeah. way she could gain credibility within yeah. the organization. Yeah. She, she was an FC and continues to be an FC. I think she is the... A fantastic FC, by the way. Like a fantastic, smart leader and FC. Yeah, so this Sion wrote that article, by the way. It was absolutely a thousand percent compounded by the fact that, you know, in EVE, we feel a little bit more justified in being cruel to one another. And therefore, I think that that animosity to, or that that distrust of female gamers uh, as being kind of more naive or or maybe parasitical um, combined with the the ability to be just a jerk to one another and Eve create an incredibly caustic environment for females in gaming. Um, and actually, it's one of the reasons why Eridanika quit the the uh, the person who ran Voices for the Void. It's the reason a lot of women end up quitting Eve. Well, that was all about the same time, and I want to point out, uh, if you look on the screen there, there's a trend line for uh, EVE Online. And the era that we're talking about really is um, right about, yeah, no, I guess it was on the way down already uh, as far as, like, popularity and stuff. But I'm thinking it was still you know, pretty much like the interest, is, is, is uh, according to Google Trends here, it was about double what it is now. Uh, so I, guess, I don't know if that uh, correlates with anything about the gender question, but it does about how many different people were actually broadcasting at the time. Um, so anyway, I wanted to, I want to show a different stat. If I look, if you look here, this is Eve online. I'm going to put in MMOs. MMOs have also have a bit of, have had a, a downtrend quite a bit. Yeah. Look at how well they correlate. Yeah. Mm. I think it has a lot to do though with the fact that, I mean, WoW is kind of, people are burning out of WoW. People are kind of becoming less and less interested in WoW based on just kind of its stagnation, in my opinion. And then that coupled with the fact that really, honestly, there's been so many hyped MMOs and they've all been bust. Like every last one of them over the last five years have been mostly shit. Yeah. Well, the biggest problem is, is that the gaming industry saw World of Warcraft and how successful it was. And, and they thought, well... If I can make a game with 12 million mm -hmm. people that pay me $15 a month, then it doesn't matter how much it costs, right? Like, if you could be, make the next WoW, mm, it didn't matter. Totally. Yep. You just throw whatever you have at it, and you do it. And, and that's what we everyone got, tried to do. Exactly. Yeah. We had Night Speed Old Republic. We have Aeon. We have all of these great games that were pretty Star good Trek games. Online, Star Trek Online. Star Trek Online. But they were, they, there was no way that with the with the budget especially, that some of the, especially Star Wars Online, there's just no way that that game was going to live up to what it needed to be in order exactly. to be successful. 
And especially now, if you look at like what Eve requires just to keep itself going after 13 years in development time and development costs, it's massive in comparison. Like for a fraction of the cost that CCP spends on developing Eve and keeping that running, they've produced a mobile game, they've produced a VR game, they've produced, yeah. you know... So the, and true. part of the reason the you know that Blizzard and, and World of Warcraft have been so successful is that Blizzard has not tried. To, I mean, yes, they've definitely ridden the WoW hype train. Like then they will keep riding it until it burns and dies. But they've also tried to branch out. I mean, Overwatch is a huge success. Heroes of the Storm is fantastic. You know, they've branched out. You know, Star Star almost Star Wars. <laughs> Starcraft is oh. doing is is not as great as it used to be, but in its heyday was huge and still it, it's in my opinion still is huge and i mean you know they've they've not stuck to the one thing and the one way of making money and i think that mm. that's one thing that ccp has in common with blizzard it's okay this eve thing is great but one day it's gonna die so what else can we make so that we don't die with it and that's other companies have just to address just to address one comment on that in the Twitch chat on that vein is like somebody's got a uh, scrappy Joel who said they produced a vampire MMO question mark. Yeah. Yes. We all know world of darkness didn't yeah. do what it was meant to. It ended up being in development hell, but paradox interactive, uh, who made crusader Kings and, um, Stellaris have bought the rights for that. So oh, really, yep. yeah. So, um, so World of Darkness may be something after all. Exactly. There were a lot of That's jokes exciting. going around about uh, about a Crusader Kings branch where you play as a vampire count or something. Uh, as far as I know, <laughs> there have been no actual announcements that Paradox intends to create uh, a video game with the license, but that doesn't mean necessarily that there's nothing going on. And uh, speak, yeah, and speaking of MMOs, uh, Matterall, myself, and Sion this morning while we were having a little meeting we were talking about how um, just because mmo search uh, volume is down that doesn't mean that people aren't playing mmos because if you look at mobas if you look at uh these free-to-play action games uh by definition these two are mmos it's just the way that they're monetized is uh, is different it's changing uh and you'll notice that a lot of traditional-ish mmorpgs have gone free to play within a year of their launch yeah. Well, the next part I'll put into this chart is virtual um, virtual worlds. Let's see if I can find that. There we go. Hmm. Okay, that's not the one I was looking for, but virtual worlds also has kind of a decline. And that's, to be fair, I, though, I but, don't think that I've ever heard anybody uh, saying, "Do you know what I want to play today? I want to play a virtual world." I mean, that that is a really good point in that I think a lot of attitudes about games have changed a lot um, since Eve came out. It, you know, in the last sort of 15, 15 20 years or so, um, just the very basics of, of how games were and how games behave have changed massively. Um like I, I remember the first sort of initial shooters and things like that being Doom being really, really difficult, particularly when you get to the last level and you know, you've managed to get through everything and you're all good and you're fighting the last bosses and you've just managed to survive the the first room of the 
last level you get into the next one you die you lose everything and all you got is pistol left and you're like holy christ i can't do this and yeah yeah it doesn't happen now i wonder i wonder what would happen if if like world of warcraft came out with one of their dungeons that literally took two to three hours to do just for a normal like five man you know like we there has been this general march towards I, I hate to say it this way because it's going to be a negative stigma to it, but easier to digest content, smaller bits, absolutely something that can be done in between things, especially as the gaming, uh, you know, people age up, you know, like the people who've been playing World of Warcraft forever are now 10 years older than they were, you know, they, they're no longer in college. They're now parents, just like yep. an Eve, right? So yeah, the people, the people who were the people that made everything happen, uh, back in the day are now, you know, five, ten years older. And even, you know? I think even the younger kids coming into games now, and, you know, this is just my opinion, you know, everything's handed to kids and everything's so easy and accessible. So when they come to a game, oh, it's hard. I love which playing is, it. Which is the irony of, like, someone like Mathro and I who are in Northern Coalition because we have like a group of people and it's the same with pandemic legion the other really established lions goon swarm or whatever um have a core group of people that spend all their time generating content so that we can log in and go on a fleet and spend an hour or two in that fleet yep. shooting some things and then we can log off again that's, but, and that's the same with every mmo though every mmo has a group of people that take it upon themselves to ensure that everybody has the information they need to do well. You know, WoW has, or used to have, I don't know if it's the thing anymore, but the thing of the day back then was Elitist Jerks. That's where you went to know what your best in slot gear was and everything that you needed to just go in and do it. You know, best rotations, best builds, everything. It's the same thing with Eve and other MMOs. This is the best thing for what you are trying to accomplish. Here you go, spoon-fed to you. Yeah, Back in Vanilla WoW, you didn't have that. You were on your own. Figure it out for yourself, you loser, if you can't do it. And, and Eve was a lot of the same way, too. Like, we've, exactly. we've, gotten way, we've gotten way better as a kind of... Uh, just the gaming industry the has gotten better at digesting game mechanics, explaining them, exploiting them, you know, <laughs> and, and, and whatnot. Where, you know, like... When Apocrypha released with wormholes, it's just like, well, here's some wormholes. Good luck. Like, nobody right. knew how anything worked. Okay. They had and to figure it, it out. Nowadays, if it's not, I can't Google this and look this up and know it in two minutes, or it's not there in the game for yeah. me to know right away, I'm not going to do it. It's too hard. Okay. It, yeah. It's not just that, though. Let's because, not get too, go ahead and finish your point. Right. It's, it's not, I'm not trying to say that it's people just being lazy. It's that we have gotten better at, at breaking down games, right? It used to be that they could release a raid and people don't even know what the heck the mechanics are for the final boss in for like two to four months until we get there. You just smash nowadays, your face against it until right. you figure it out. Nowadays, I can tell you what is coming out in EVE within the next six to eight months because I've got data miners that as soon as something happens, even on the chaos server, they bring it to me like, hey, by the way, here's some new files. Here's some new stuff. This is where it looks like it's going. We knew how the events worked before they basically before they even were fully rendered on sissy yeah. you know the, the, there is no, that's very interesting like, go ahead and finish yeah no go for it it's a very interesting point that it's harder to report on eve online i wanted to bring it back around to eve 
But I did want to show on the graph here, and unfortunately you have to watch the show to, to see this. If you look at Pokemon Go compared with everything, it's just, it's a skyscraper, <laughs> right? No, so, you know what's sad? Put on like Donald Trump or like something that should be like super high and it still dwarfs them all. Yeah, so wow. that's Pokemon's un unbelievable. But look at this trend line. This is something that Marshmallow uh, pointed out. Do a mobile game like Candy Crush. So Candy Crush, compared to MMOs and EVE Online, you can see how it spikes as uh, things are coming down. That's probably the natural trend for all games because they were kind of coming around, you know, after uh, 2000. When did the iPhone get introduced? 2006 or was, was that 2010? I forget. In any case... Uh, you can see that mobile entertainment has kind of overtaken the digital life. Like your virtual life is no longer important. One is you can't sit there all day. Uh, you have to move around. So if you can take it with you, you can enjoy it more often, that sort of thing. But uh, if we take, um, yeah, if we take mobile games compared to now augmented reality mobile games, it's just night and day, uh, and they probably will continue to be that mm. way. Well, the thing so about the point mobile is, games is quick gratification, right? Yeah, yeah. Two things. One is the point is that there is a natural evolution to a better idea uh, for various reasons, which you're going to, yes, uh, show us, right, Maestrick? Yeah, so you can get... Tiberius did it first. You can get access to it um, whenever you can because we have busy lifestyles and everybody's doing it, uh, you know, uh, and, um, and it only takes up so much of your time. It doesn't take up all day long. So Eve really has a lot of strikes. But as far as reporting, we're not talking about Eve going down or anything like that. We're talking about reporting on it. What is it – is – are the news services that are out there um, doing a good job reporting on Eve Online? And we'll look at some trend lines for this too. Kind of. I think that the, one of the biggest problems with World War B – and I actually just wrote an article about this, so it will be published and I go a lot more into this in that article. But I think that – one of the phases of World War B was kind of a galvanizing of the various news media. You could not be talking about Eve in general without people at least trying to force you into one of the two camps. Yep. And you couldn't be an Eve media, so like a social area, like even Tweetfleet, Slack, you know, where anybody can come in and talk about anything. There was this question about whose side it was on. And that that really kind of set things up where like now there are people that ad block or just refuse to go to the Matani.com uh, as if the content that's being produced is somehow less valuable, even though they want to read it, right? They want to read the article. They want to know what it has to say, but they don't want to contribute to this nebulous machine or whatever that they, that they've speculated it for. And so what <laughs> happened is, is that, it's it, it is legitimately harder in the is become harder in the last six months to try to talk about Eve because everyone has kind of turned to this language of anger and war and it it, it is kind of exhausting. See, that's funny. But, but, I don't think that that's a trend over the last six months. That's been there since. It honestly, it's been there since the beginning. And, correct. And here's why I think so, and here's why I say so in my own personal experience. When I first joined TMC. I had to outright refuse to write about Eve because I was not in Goons and my alliance did not like it. You can go write for TMC, but you are not allowed to say anything about Eve because Goons wow. will take it and use it to their advantage. But Bearing in mind at the time we were at war with Goons, 
So it'd be the fountain war. You were in this, test. Yeah. yeah I, was but, the, I was on, I was on test side. So it was, you know, it was difficult to kind of ride that line of, you know, there were things being said in Slack that I was like, I probably shouldn't know that. But this is, this is the key thing. This, this is one of the key things that make Eve very different from a lot of other games in the fact that there is that brooding resentment. There is yeah. that brooding distrust, that hate for other people because it drives the conflicts that happen. Yeah. It's not and... just Eve, though. Uh, I have had to, um, I have had to talk to writers who have uh, who have come to me for other games that have said, uh, "I'm sorry, Ryan, but uh, but my people in this uh, in this new game, and I'm not naming names here, uh, whom I was going to write about in a piece about meta games and non Eve games, uh, they don't like the idea of it being under the." Uh, under the Imperium brand, or the uh, or the idea that it might be used against them somehow, uh, it is not a uniquely E phenomenon, and uh, and it's kind of frustrating because I really do believe uh, that TMC editorially is uh, is neutral, despite what the general public appears to believe, and that there is a lot of potential to talk about meta game activities in other gaming spaces where there are people. There are stories. Well, it's, well, it's yeah. funny to me because you've got people shouting at you to be neutral, and then you try as hard as you can to be neutral, and then everyone says, "Oh, where's the goon spin in this? I'm mad now. There's no goon spin." Well, no, that's not that's not the point. And and further to that point is that actually some of our writers are not from goons, so their particular viewpoint is not going to reflect a goon mentality. And I mean that's really not the point either. Is that we're trying not to reflect a goon mentality or any mentality other than just this is what's happening here's what we think about it let me let me be clear i'm i'm not saying that the mitani hasn't been that way i think that the mitani.com more than anybody else has been kind of galvanized in that sense um forever i think that that's kind of part of their shtick in a little ways and this is coming from somebody who again wrote for tmc as a non-goon for a while um but what i'm saying is is that since world war b there has this this idea has spread across the space it's not just the mitani it's that you know crossing zebras is pl i had never heard that until world war b uh was started which i think is funny because which is it's nonsense most, yeah which is nonsense if you if you really think about it but um or like you know even jester made a point asking about because Matterall was gone for like a week and so there wasn't that much content on TMC and and Jester just posted this question like well are, is the Mitanni focusing on media still and then like he couldn't even make a comment without people trying to say that he was he was being part of the war or you know whatever or trying to influence things or being anti-goon and it, man like if you can't say anything without somebody just reading into it a political level and that spread, you know, the Mitanni.com has always been about the Mitanni.com and the Imperium and Goonswarm and stuff like that. But now, literally anywhere you go, you cannot talk about these entities or, or about Eve in general without people assuming or reading into stuff. I was part of M uh, the Money Badger Coalition for like, what, three weeks? And now everything <laughs> that I say is just like, oh, you you're just one of those anti-goon people. But that... Okay. that that brings up a really like fundamental issue i think that every eve 
media outlet has in the fact that everything is always going to be slightly biased in, in one way or another, because we're not going to be turning down um, work that's put in. I mean, certainly in my position as, as a senior editor for Eve News 24, um, you know, we're not going to turn down what people write because it's it's people writing about their experiences and their their enjoyment of the game. And yes, it's going to carry some bias on it. And I think the whole idea that you're going to go like have somebody write an article and it's not going to be biased in some way or another, it's going to be bad. When it's an amateur uh, article written by somebody that doesn't do it professionally for internet fake spaceship money <laughs> is a nonsense well, and more to the point is that real news isn't even free of bias in any exactly. way, shape, or form. There is and no such thing as an objective article. Exactly, there's not. And you know what? Don't get me wrong. You know, you can be as neutral as you can try, and you will fail, and that's okay. But part of being a smart reader is figuring out what the author's bias is. And I mean, that's a for me as a history major, yeah. like that is a basic skill that it was like, this is an author that you need to sit and like, who is this person? Why are they writing? Who are they writing for? You need to determine all that, determine all those things. And exactly. I mean, yes, some of our stuff is about goons. And, you know, someone made a point. I just want to clarify this out loud is that, yes, a lot of our shows, our Twitch shows, like uh, Fireside Chat and... Um, and Meta the meta show, show and the boat show and the boat show that is boat and Matani talking about goons and being goon centric. And they're doing that on purpose. And you know what? It's getting them views. So obviously they're doing something right. And it doesn't matter that it's goon centric. They get more views from people in Horde than right. they do then, in then the goon uh, It's mostly Fox people. News effect. It's exactly. It's people listening to go, oh my God, that Matani guy, look at all this spin. It's actually not like from what we can tell. Yes, there are a lot of goons watching, but it's mostly Gurgoons people watching, going, oh, that boat guy is lying because this is how that fight happened, or Matani's well, just putting his, his spin on it. He's lying to you guys. And so, so just that's to, the irony, not to cut you off, but the irony, but you talk too much now. Oh, too much. Yeah. No, it's my turn. Wow. It's fine. Get Go out ahead. of the way, nice drink. You it's never my talk turn. Matt Ross. It's fine. <laughs> Go ahead. Um, you know, it's funny. My mind thought one thing, and my voice said another. So I apologize if I was. <laughs> curt. But but what I was what I was thinking was, and the funny thing about all this is that people accuse you know TMC of trying to run a media empire and trying to make money off of um, you know the people who click on the site. If we wanted to do that, like you know, we would be as bombastic as the boat show and. Uh, the the meta show and any of those because that generates hits you know and it's usually from people who disagree with you they come to watch the entertainment um, but that's You're, not you know what we do we actually try to write stuff that is you know with a strong opinion but fair but factual you know it has to be backed up it can't just be an opinion about something we think uh, and then we try I mean, to it use it can be but it, it can it's we always expressly this is an opinion article. Well, here, no, sometimes when we write from the news desk, it's actually opinionated as well, or at least it kind of goes through, I think, for the most part. But we give the other side a, you know, a chance to, to, to give their point of view and that sort of thing. The, the point is, is that uh, true balance doesn't come from attempting to have no bias. True balance comes from an active desire to not suppress bias, because that way... 
you know, true, true. As soon as you say you're not allowed to say that because it's biased, you're actually altering the balance by letting people Ooh. speak from their heart and speak yep. from their bias. You're actually enabling a better balanced uh, reporting. Well, and you I know will that note this... that around World War B, uh, it actually became official policy at TMC that we do not change people's uh, phrasing yep uh in ways you know in ways that would change the message like uh for example if someone wanted to call it world war b that's great if someone wanted to call it uh one of the many other names that's great as well uh we have had a couple of cases where people's uh writing voices have gotten in the way of the message but that is just a case of uh bad writing and, and is addressed at a you know at a personal level where we're not angry we're just trying to communicate clearly so uh there is no uh you know there is no suppression but of course in saying that uh this is going to be taken as a denial so of course all that i can really say is let the content speak for itself and and i want to say this kind of in defense of Sion for a minute it's just that you know when he kind of came on board and really started talking about that i don't know if it was necessarily the same before Sion came on board but afterwards that was probably his biggest push and change for tmc it was like yes sure there's goon bias in some of our articles but let's also publish the nc bias let's also publish the pl bias if you want to send us articles if you want to write for us and you want to talk about how great pl is and how shit goons is if you can articulate it well put it in an article we'll see if we like it we'll publish it and some of them have gone totally. through and it's That's fantastic a and thing. it's and you know what and i don't know if he watches the show or but like Sion, you've done a great job in terms of that. And like every time he talks to us as a group, it's always, this is what we're going to do. And sure, there's going to be bias, but there's also going to be goon bias and PL bias and NC dot bias, bias from everywhere to ensure that people know and can see that, yes, there is bias, but that it's okay because it's everybody's bias all over the place. Mm. I mean, this is one of the things that um, there was a, an article that was released um on tmc about i want isk at one point and then matro a few days later released uh, the responding article to that as well and i was like well you know what that that's pretty fair i like that here was, it was one fantastic. saying yeah exactly yeah, it, it was, was like good. here's was one going branching. going you know you're a bunch of douchebags doing this and it's like well no we're not a bunch of douchebags because we're doing this and you're the douchebags for like suggesting it. And <laughs> I was kind of like, yeah, okay. That's but pretty I loved cool. it. It was like, it was just, I loved the way I, that I, one writer was like, hey, this is how I feel. This is how it is. And this is how they manipulated the system. And then the other writer is like, well, I mean, did I they know? I believe that one writer in this case is Matterall. Yeah. And it's like, <laughs> or are you just mad that you kind of got screwed because they had more money than you did? Like, it was fun to, to read both sides. It was, and I, I kind of liked that side of it. And it, honestly, it, it's something that I would appreciate a lot more of um, in the Eve sphere of media, um, mainly because it is so easy to get worked up into like tiny little niches because you're in your alliance, you're in your uh, corp or whatever, and you listen to what your leaders say and you see the red ear or you see whatever, but you kind of like when it, when you've got a level platform of uh, e-media, whether it be TMC, EN24, you know, crossing zebras, whatever. And then, you can't... 
And you kind of get that even platform. And if you get that even platform, it's nice to see the cross the cross uh, pollination between them, if you know what I mean. Yeah, and then Marsha Mallow brings up a good point of like, sometimes you publish articles because you're like, oh my God, this is going to get so much traffic and people are going to be so mad. Yeah, actually, we have, we have one of those coming up. It's uh, I, I still haven't titled it. It's the working title is Eve Hates Women. <laughs> oh, it's going to be so good. I'm so and excited. I must say as well, that as far as us publishing uh, responses and stuff that people uh, have gotten mad about, I want to see more of that. If you are legit mad about something that we've written and you are articulate enough to write maybe 600 words on a topic intelligently and maybe toss in a nut insert, uh, drop us a line at submissions at themetane.com. Uh, you can tell us how much we suck. You can be polite. I really don't care so long as you are vaguely literate. And we will most likely publish what you've got so long as it has a point. And, and yeah, if you I, can't hit that word limit and only can hit 150 characters, Twitter is a thing. Make your voice <laughs> no, I, And I say that as a joke, but like Eve is about you know if you if you are unhappy with the state of the Eve media, realize that that that's everybody, right? So if you have something to say, if you have an opinion that's different than what you're hearing, talk about it. Yeah, you know I get accused of uh, that title being clickbait, and that may be true, but I always think clickbait is something that makes big promises and doesn't deliver and i expect to be able yeah, to deliver that's true that's yeah, true clickbait clickbait is one of those terms that people have started to just kind of throw around all over the place like because you have an uh an interesting header like you can have a header that isn't clickbait the problem with clickbait is when the content itself is relatively vapid where they're like oh six secrets to whatever and then you go in and it's just like Oh, so you totally just Googled the name of that <laughs> right? thing and then reposted yeah, what yeah. you found. Yeah. Let me, let's One talk. weird trick for getting your Titan out of trouble. Fleet commanders hate it. Let's talk about this graph I put up, historical trends for the last three years. And I put the big three up and I'm, I'm considering crossing zebras as part of this because they've made such big gains. Um, you notice the uh, Eve News 24 and the Matani.com have really run in parallel for a long time. Uh, and I think that the mm -hmm. cycles there are Eve cycles. You know, the dips are summer. Uh, right here, everything changed uh, in basically 2015 in the spring uh, where TMC started to go down and uh, Eve News 24 started to catch up and actually came very close to getting more hits per month than, uh, than TMC. And I want to uh, When point was that? That was when I joined Eve News 24, I want to point out. Okay. <laughs> that would be bragging. bragging. Uh, Tiberius joined then too because uh, we joined together. But that was, yeah, Eve News 24 around spring 2015. Yeah, it was true. But actually, the bigger trend actually happened because uh, that's when TMC changed their look. Yep. And that was a real problem for them. And people lost their shit. Yes. <laughs> So I also want to point out that right about here is when I switched over to TMC and um, away from Eve News 24, and the trend then totally went the other direction. So TMC, you're welcome. Is did he is he breaking up? You wonder, yeah, me? Matterall, this is like three or four times that you've gone like full robot in the last five minutes, by the way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, that's too bad because our internet is really having a problem these days, uh, this last yeah. two days. The last couple of times it was we were able to get pretty much the point of what you're trying to say but the last message nothing. was totally done all right well when the train reversed itself when the trend reversed itself is when i switched over to tmc huh. so, so what you're saying is 
You're the reason websites do well. No, I am. Uh, I am just laughing yes, at that coincidence. Yes, exactly. Somebody's exactly looking for a new job or a pay help. raise. Right. One of these days, I'm going to look. I'm going to get a little bit of credit for that. But unfortunately, most of what I do is behind the scenes, except for when I'm pumping out little <laughs> news articles. Actually, so that, we, what Ryan basically needs to do. do what Ryan needs to do is get onto more podcasts and uh, write some big headline pieces and take all the credit for himself, sort of thing. That's right, Ryan. That's what you got to do. You got to make a I show. Will hold a Roman style triumph in front of CCP's headquarters. <laughs> So one of the things that actually bothers me about the Matani.com's writing versus Crossing Zebras, and I, I'm going to compare the two because I've written for them both, is that um, when I go to the Matani.com, I, I cannot figure out a way to look up all of the writing of a specific person. And yeah. I think that that's actually a big thing, especially when it comes to these biases. You know, my writing is very different than a lot of other people's writing. So if you just see one of my writing out of the void, or if you only see one every once in a while, you may not get the full message of what I'm trying to build. And that's one of the things I like about Crossing Zebras, because I can go there and see, like, not only not only can I see all this, all of my stuff by clicking on it, but also when you go to any of my articles, it'll show you other articles of mine. So that way we can kind of build this story together. And I... I, I do not see that being possible or nearly done as much in the Matani. I think that's fixed itself because uh, that was a complaint that we had for a really long time when the team would come back to us and go, okay, well, what do you guys want to see on the website? We'd be like, can I please search by the writer, please? And I think that yeah. that's fixed at this point. Well, now, anyway. This is something that actually uh, is on the cards for future dev plans, which unfortunately I'm unable to put a date on, but... Uh, being able to promote individual writers more and being able to show off, uh, you know, this is uh, this is one of our star writers. This is their back catalog. Uh, if you like them, you should read this. Uh, this is something that we very much want to do. Um, and as soon as it happens, you can bet that we're going to be crying from the rooftops about it. Yeah, and that's that's something that um, that's probably coming soon. Can't make too many announcements on it. But the reason I was, and I was just joking, the... Um, the second part of what I was saying that got clipped was when I switched over to TMC, TMC started doing better and EN24 started doing worse. And that is clearly not uh, something that I did alone. And uh, <laughs> But I did want to point it out as a joke. But also, I do want to say, and this is what happened when I left uh, TMC, uh, the, the... When you left TMC... Uh, sorry, that never happened. Us, uh, no. <laughs> when Breaking I left, news. When I left EVE News 24... Um, they had a writer named Sullivan who kept writing a lot. He was writing, uh, you know, um, battle report after battle report after battle report. And this is in the run-up to the war and even during the war. And Tiberius will, will want to hear this. But I was I was comparing... Hi. I was comparing uh, when I left TMC... Sorry, when I left Evening 24, uh, Sullivan, who is a... He called himself a war correspondent or was called a war correspondent, started writing battle report after battle report after battle report and that was right here and you can see that that didn't help they actually slanted a lot harder than uh eve news uh, sorry tmc did i i think that those kinds of stories where you just say what happened doesn't work no i think i i agree with that i think the overall narrative of the event, like the the build up to the events. Who hates who? Why do they hate them? What have they done to like piss them off or whatever? Um, is like one of the main drivers for uh, articles. 
And, you know, when I started writing, I, I didn't start writing because, hey, these these bunch of people's had a fight and here is how much they lost and this is how much they lost and therefore they won like the Isk War, but they won lost the street strategic <laughs> objective or they won strategic objective. It was why were they fighting? And yeah, that was the important part of it. It needs context. People, we've looked at stats, and people have really only been here two to three years. Actually, three years by now. That's the majority of the player base that is out there fighting and interested. And they don't know the deep histories. They only know Brave and Beyond, you know, when Brave arrived. Uh, So context and historical context is thrilling because it gives them a chance to reach back into time where they missed out. If they like this game... If they were like me, they are. They feel bad that they missed out on the first few years when a lot of stuff was going on. Well, and, right. Learning the stuff about Bob for me, like, because people were like, "Oh, these Bob guys," they'd make jokes, and I'd be like, "Ah, uh, the who? What? That's not an alliance on my map." And they'd be like, "I know, but read this and read this," and I'd be like, "Whoa, the horse sounded so cool." Yeah, exactly. I that's, will say that's that that's one of those places in which the the aggressiveness against bias actually gets really really bad and damaging because all we have is stories right and so mm-hmm. if you i think uh you know if, if the empires of eve you know which was an amazing book you know he didn't try to get people to be unbiased he got to where he was by letting everybody be as biased as they wanted to be and then piece together what was going on between those narratives. I have to say that's what you do when you're reporting is you you take in information, you read secondary sources if you want, then you compile if you know what's logical that actually happened and then you can tell the story. Uh, I don't think you can take anybody's word for it. Yeah, but he also went back to them and said, well, you said X, Y. But these guys are saying ABC. So which one of these is true? And when people, when he was approaching people and they were like, oh, I'm not going to talk to you about these events. He was like, well, that's fine. I'll just let your enemies talk to you, talk to me about those events. And then they were like, oh, oh, I'll tell you about the event. So, you know, the two years that guy spent on that book doing this sort of stuff, um, hired a team of five proof readers and editors um, recorded every interview he did. I mean, it was amazing. And it shows when you read it. I've only ever found one typo in it. I think so. The, the lack of context is a casualty of the uh, of the fast-paced news cycle where if you have a battle report, then eight hours after it happens, uh, that used to be our, our yardstick, uh, that is when it's fresh, that is when it ideally goes out. And because we've been focused more on, um, okay, look, get these facts right, uh, make sure that it's accurate, push it out the door. I'm not just talking about TMC, I'm talking about Eve Media in general, anyone that's ever done these. Uh, there just simply is not enough time to um, to really go into the full context uh, and totally. still have it be relevant. Totally. And of course, it, when all these battles are so fresh in people's minds... They have such a massive variation of view on them. It's it can be if you, certainly if you're getting the information from just like one source from one side, it's impossible to get anything anywhere near a balanced source for the the, the story. Right. We're, we're I mean, when it's defeat, we're not going to defeat bias here or anything like that. But um, 
Oh, go ahead, uh, Ash, and then we'll move oh, on. I was just going to say, like, like it's after the fact, three years, ten years afterwards, five years afterwards, you go to somebody, they're going to be more candid about it than when it's in the moment, you know. At, at this point, it's, it's very Pretty clear much. that, you know, everybody who's talking about it is, is at the very least being guarded, right? Because Loose lips sink starships. Exactly. So uh, even if it's not being biased, it's like, well, I may know something, but I'm not going to tell it because it's still important to not be out there. Here's and that was one of the things that actually really disappointed me about the fact that the Fountain War uh, got so much, uh, the Kickstarter got so much pushback because a part of its intention was to kind of uh, preserve the slice of Eve culture that we are not going to get back uh, by taking these stories while they are still somewhat uh, fresh within people's memories and, uh, and kind of share that in, in, in a narrative. Like and I was we... a part of it. I was a part of the Fountain War, and I, you know, I would have been on the side that would have been, should have been, Gur Goons is trying to fund this book to make themselves sound awesome. And I was like, please, I need to read the Fountain War book. Yeah, I have to. The 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 community and the game itself is objectively worse because that didn't get made. Like nobody should ever celebrate because a creative effort involving our cultural community is not done like that should never be a, a cause for celebration and how Wait, often uh, does this even happen like has anybody uh tried to write a book on um i don't know candy crush no it hasn't no uh, there's no Yet. precedent well maybe not with player narratives there's not no there's with, not you know like but... with with wow for example it's easy to write a book because the history the lore it's already there but with Eve, we as people, we as players, we are creating the history. We are changing the face of the game and changing the narratives. And to be able to see that in book form is just amazing. And the fact that we don't get to now because people threw a fit over nothing is really disappointing. Well, it wasn't over I mean, nothing. This is a voice check, by the yeah. way, audience. Let me know if I'm too loud or if I'm not. I, I want to say it wasn't really over nothing. I think the idea was, look, uh, Matani is um, Matani is winning in the game, and he's winning with TMC, and this is like E Vegas where TMC looked like the the junior CCP because they arrived at E Vegas with all this equipment and T-shirts, and they were like uniforms, and so the point is that people were like, this guy's winning in and out of the game, so we're gonna destroy him in and out of the game. I think a lot of that animosity was we'll we'll fight you wherever we can uh and i think that's what it was and it probably still like the same reason that andrew Crowen hasn't written beyond a certain point the emotions for uh the fountain war and things like that are still fresh in people's minds so they yeah. can't be objective on it they can't just kind of oh let it go so when somebody is reading the excerpts that came out I, I supported the Fountain War book because I wanted to read the story because that was around about the time that I was a newbie in high sec just learning my ropes when that was all going on. And so I wanted to read about it. But it's it, for a lot of the veterans that were there, it's still so fresh in their minds. That I was one of them and I wanted to read it. Yeah. and But for some of them, it was like, I can't deal with this. No. 
And you read next, the, some of them read an excerpt of that, and it just induced rage. And again, same problem with Andrew Groen's face with uh, writing Empires of Eve. It was just too soon for that. Yeah, I mean, I get it. You know, people being frustrated and angry. Like, I just, when I read other people's bias, it's interesting to me. Like, coming from Test and going to Goons and hearing Goons talk about the Fountain War and their perspective on it was just endlessly fascinating. Like, interesting. So we were told this, but Goons were told that. Or this is how Goons saw that fight, but this is how Tess saw that fight. That dynamic is interesting, didn't, whether didn't you're even get in there, it though. or not. We didn't even get there, though. I mean, but that's that... what would have been in. That's what that book would have had is that thing that people miss out on. Maybe I'm I'm really privileged in that well, I got to see both sides of it. Yeah, yeah, I think you were. Not many people saw both sides of it. But that that book was DOA, or was going to happen by Goon's work alone. And there were definitely enough wealthy Goons to like make that book happen, no problem. Um, mm. But they didn't step in to save it. And so everybody saw weakness when the numbers weren't uh, adding up, uh, didn't look like it was going to go. And then you saw a gigantic dog pile because it was an opportunity basically to punch Matani in the face. This is their mm -hmm. opportunity. They can't do it in game. I think but they're going to do it out of game. I think from the very start off, it was just overly ambitious. It's like, here we go. Oh, there was another book, Kickstarted, it earned 100 grand. We'll go for 150. Whereas, if it was fifty grand, you know, I don't know. The, the whole Kickstarter project from the beginning was a bit flawed, and I'll agree the, with that. The oh, the, the like nothing is flawless. Exactly, well, but I mean, some things are more flawed than others. Yeah, the They're, marketing itself was great, like the videos, the people get involved, everything else. But it's when people like got down to it and put their money on the table and they were looking at this and it was like, hang on a minute, I got to pay X amount of dollars in order to get a physical copy of the book. What the hell? I think that was like the major crash no, that happened I on the whole Kickstarter. There, there were three pieces to that, to that catastrophic failure, I think. The first piece came from the fact that the the setup was in fact way too ambitious it was it, it it's it's one of those numbers that you look at it and you can't conceptualize it happening early one of the things that they teach you when you get ready for a kickstarter because remember i've run two or three now uh is that you want to to fund within the first week or two so they they set their ultimate goal as their first goal and that isn't quite the way that kickstarter works and so they were already kind of on the wrong foot from go uh the second part was that there was just that all that general animosity right a lot of the stuff that was brought up about about the book what well, had nothing to do with the book had nothing to do with the writer it was about uh the matani telling somebody you know people to harass the guy into, into trying to kill himself it was about the goons uh, trying to dox people in the past. It was about totally. how they treated people in the Fountain War. It was about, none of this has anything to do with whether or not they can write a book or whether or not they deserve uh, to to create this or whether or not the writer was a good writer. Though you know most of the uh, or so you got this fire of angst that now saw an opportunity and a platform to kind of showcase itself in front of the community. And then the third piece of it was, uh, I I think that the organization of the Matani.com in particular 
uh, Sion and Mittens responded very, very poorly to those criticisms. Uh, I don't um, think there was any way out for them, frankly. I don't. I, I think by that point there, there probably was wasn't. There was something they could say. Yeah. I, I think it the was, only it was it, those three yeah, steps were were kind of what what caused it. It, it. They didn't make it any better. Let's just say that. The well, only people on the table and they the got only, chopped off. The only people oh. that could have fixed that situation, if it was fixable, was CCP. And they did a poor job of supporting something they endorsed. Well, what I, uh, they literally me. should have. They re- literally should have stood behind it, uh, but they didn't. No, they, it, it reminds, yeah. they should have. It reminds me actually of Incarna, right? Because the response that we got from, in fact, actually the 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 day after the 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 Kickstarter went up, I I tried to message uh, the Matani with a thing that's like, hey, you really need to be like, oops. I accidentally did an extra zero, la la la, and just like roll with it or something like that. You know, do anything to 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 get ahead of the problem. Um, but what ended it ended up happening was this response that was very similar to the Incarna response, the first response of Incarna. Right? Incarna was released. It was kind of iffy, or it was kind of crappy. Let's just say that the player response was negative. Then Hilmar's response was to basically be like. How dare you not support us? And then the community went ballistic. And you saw that same pattern in this. Right. Here's why CCP couldn't have stepped in. Um, And I I don't think they would have. Should they have? Maybe. They would have never. And here's, here's a few reasons why. Number one, people were already angry at CCP for being on Goon's side, being on specifically Mitanni's side especially at this point where relations with CCP were still relatively good uh, with TMC. So like doing that, um, and I agree with Marsha Mello here, CCP would have been burned if they supported that book hard. Well, maybe it was was unsolved. I would agree with that. That, CCP could not step in at that point. Could they have maybe taken on the project in a different way and, and, done something different with it perhaps could they have stepped in on behalf of tmc and matani at the time absolutely not no i I totally agree with that because if if ccp ccp had been burnt a lot in the last god knows how many years um player reactions from this sort of thing so i have no issues with them being a bit cautious about it at all yeah, I mean, the the announcement of the book was in the keynote at E-Vegas, so it was put up there along the same lines as the Capital Changes announcements. So, and, and on top of that, they also, there were several videos, and several members of CCP staff came out in support of it, even after it started to turn a little bit south. I think that, again, once, once it seemed obvious that the Mitani.com's response to the negative uh, feedback would be hostility caused anybody who had any sense and wasn't already burned to just kind of step away from it well, as fast as possible. Point, there wasn't Mitani, hostility. Mitani or like the T- TMC as a website and, and the people running it already felt a lot of hostility. So the kind of mindset was people were going to hate us no matter what we do. So we just kind of have to roll with it and do what we're going to do regardless. That and, is correct. And that's why the answer was, well, screw you. You guys are just dicks for the sake of being dicks. Because right. a lot I'm not, of I'm not saying that anybody... That. Yeah, I'm not... There is definitely reason for that response. For the Both sides were responding mm-hmm. as were their nature. Like, nobody... 
nobody did something that would be kind of unexpected. But the point is, is that, uh, you know, that's what happens when you try this major effort that's built on good, good grace or, you know, good, good yeah. feelings, good, you know, good following. And yet you happen to have a lot of bad blood and that all of that bad blood spilled out on no, both sides. I agree. I agree with all of you guys in the point of like, just the, the nature of how the book happened was really sketch. But it was still really sad to see that it just didn't happen for the most part because people were like, fuck you, Mitani. Uh, all right, last few minutes. Um, what about um, news? Like uh, TMC has been criticized for not covering this war very well. Do you guys think it got covered well in general? I don't think it was covered well by anybody. By anybody, yeah, T-Tiberius. <laughs> Honestly. I mean, because at the end of the day, um, all of the sites, every site, Crossing Zebras, Evenings 24, TMC, wherever you go, relies on the contributions of volunteer people who are willing to spend a bit of time to talk about their experiences in Eve. And whether that be, I was in this battle, this is like the thing that happened with my group, this is my experience, whatever. That is ultimately what it relies on. If people aren't there to write it, then it's not going to appear on the site. And I don't think there was enough people to do it. As an editor, it was just a massive struggle to get people to write things. I, what, what about uh, Crossing Zebras, Ashtarathi? Oh, did we lose sound? He's, okay. yeah. Ashtarathi, if you're speaking, nothing's coming through. So maybe we'll jump to Ryan instead and get his Yeah, thoughts. I will say that uh, what Tiberius said is absolutely true. Uh, we are a volunteer organization. I mean, I myself and Matterall, uh, we are, you know, we just get a plex to keep our accounts ticking over. Uh, no one is getting rich off this. We do it for, uh, we, you know, we do it for the love and I love what I do. Uh and unfortunately, at the moment, uh, we are collectively in a space where there are not enough people who are passionate about Eve, passionate about news, passionate about writing, and most importantly, have the free time to contribute. Uh, we have some great people on the role at TMC, and uh, for whatever reason, they're unavailable at the moment. And while that is unfortunate that we have missed uh, some I feel important battles, or at least being able to take a look back at the broader picture. Uh, we still, I have absolute faith in my people whenever I uh, am able to uh, review content from them, and I always look forward to being able to put stuff up on the site. Any station this net, any station this net, this Ashrafi radio check over. Yeah, <laughs> you are gotcha. coming through. There you go. Yay! Hooray! Uh, yeah, it's interesting um, because, you know, as a writer, I think that one of the biggest problems that I ran into and I saw a lot of other people run into was that the war, this particular war ended up being a different kind of war than anyone expected, right? I think uh, after especially the first few clashes and the amount of money that was being poured into it and everybody saw what was going on back when uh, it was just SMA being picked on, kind of people geared up for this high-profile combat correspondence on Twitch and all that stuff. Oh, and ultimately, oh. that isn't what we got. And nobody knew how to deal with that. Totally. Uh, yeah, I'm prior military. Well, well no, I agree with that. I, I think there was a, a big deflation of events because the buildup was so big uh, and there was no real combat after a few very eye-opening fights. Well, you, 
Yeah, I mean, you got to MTACO, and that was it, finished. That was, like, the last event. But and the yet, war, and the, the war couldn't the have thing. been covered? Everybody was still expected to talk about it. It was expected to be important for another six freaking months. So, I mean, I, I don't even necessarily think it's about a lack of people to write about it, but I think that the puzzle of, like, hey, let's continue to go on. Like, literally, the news was... What did the Matani say about it this week? What did, you know, <laughs> right? who are these gambling guys that suddenly, no, you know, before this, nobody had ever heard of, you know, all of that, all of that bull crap ended up being the only thing that there was to talk about. Yeah. It wasn't actually the events on the ground because the events on the ground are hard to describe. Um, and everything that was described just wasn't that important. And I liken this to, to film. I think I also brought this up earlier that it's, it's like, you know, if you watch a big action film, you don't care about the plot. You just want to see the big set pieces. You want to see big fights or, you know, whatever. Same thing with wars. You want to see those big set pieces. You don't want to know the intimate story of how one little bomber survived a certain bombing run. Uh, that's a and niche market. I care there, about the I get little the, bombers. I get, they're, they're, the, I get what you're saying there, and I'm going to recruit Michael Bay. <laughs> <laughs> so there's, there's an additional problem, too, which is that uh, Eve wars are not wars of personnel or even wars of equipment. Eve wars are wars of uh, morale and of you know propaganda. Attrition. And so, and so, what ends up happening is, if you write about how impressive or how amazing or how important something is, which as a writer, right, if you're writing about a fight, you definitely want to capture like why it's important. But then both sides were really good. Well, in particular, the Mitanni, the, uh, or uh, the Imperium was very good at kind of downplaying all of their losses. And that was a big part of like the message that you got from the Mitanni a lot during the war was like everything was no big deal and, and people just weren't getting what was important. And so that ends up making it very difficult to construct any narrative. Yeah. Um, and, and, and so when everybody, you know, when you make a writing, you want it to be impactful. You want it to be important. You want people to see it and be like, yes, that's it. Um, and so anytime you write something, people are just pissing on it, not because it's necessarily wrong or not because it necessarily uh, isn't a good accounting of what happened, but because it doesn't play to their narrative. And so they have to, by its very nature, downplay it. Yeah. All right. So what about uh, Crossing Zebras? Do you think they, they did a good job covering it? I mean, I think that what Crossing Zebras did... Because you guys get that long form. You get the, the added benefit of being a long form uh, news publication. Yeah, I think that what, what Crossing Zebras did best wasn't necessarily about motivating their writers to write about the war. What I noticed, and, and I want to point out that I'm probably one of the most oblivious people that you'll ever meet, so <laughs> I, I have no idea. But oh, la, la. what seemed to be happening, as far as I noticed, was that Crossing Zebras was aggressively finding the people who were doing stuff and recruiting them. So we Which saw right. we saw Crass Kitty get sucked in. We saw uh, Rick's Javix get, get sucked in at that time. Uh, we saw a lot of things happen where where people who wanted to write about against the Imperium would go to the crossing, crossing Zebras because they saw it as a good platform to talk about something or either that or they're already talking about it and uh, Crossing Zebras would either publish their expose and then immediately recruit them or just recruit them outright. Yeah. Also, there's an advantage of being able to write long form about something because that's a lot more personal and interesting for the writer. And so you get people who want to write just 
to get their point of view across and to get, you know, the uh, get their thoughts out there. And okay, and, I'm going to be the idiot in the room. What do you mean by long form, and how is that different than the Matani? Well, long form is it's like an opinion piece, basically. There's some stuff thrown in there to support, but it's not hard news. It's more of an opinion editorial. Uh, hard news would be more like what Eve News 24 or TMC does occasionally, and that is to put out this is happening, this happened. Uh, right. Not yeah. necessarily analyzing it and stuff Cro- like that. Crossing Zebras has never. Well, as far I'm going to say this, and then everybody's going to be like, "Oh, they actually said it here." But <laughs> as, as far as you know, the, the Crossing Zebras has never really had this motif of being a news site. It was a podcast. It was just a bunch of you know a couple of guys who wanted to talk about Eve that just kind of recruited more well, people who wanted to talk about Eve. So it's always been kind of like a, a place for bloggers as opposed to reporters. Yeah, which, which which matches up right. with uh, what Naiden was uh, always attest to it when whenever I spoke to Naiden is. Crossing Zebras is the magazine for Eve. It's like the sort of thing well, where you put up an article, you go sit on the toilet for like 15 minutes I, and you read one of them. I, t- <laughs> I don't want to know what you've been eating, Tiberius. I take an issue with that because I think Eon Magazine. I don't is, that, is, is that why everybody got mad when our stuff wasn't mobile friendly? I guess. Yes, that makes that sense. Is exactly <laughs> like, like, like the Eve News 24 and the TMC stuff was always kind of a thing you read during your lunch break or like when you were skiving from work or something like that, you know. Um, Crossing Zebras was always a bit more involved, so you need that quiet space. <laughs> yeah. The way I see it, and this is kind of gloves off, is that that is an editorial area where you can uh, hear how somebody feel, or, you know, how somebody sees something, which, you know, is important, but it is blogs. And TM's, uh, uh, sorry, Eve News 24 seems to be more, uh, well, let's write about stuff if you can. And if you can't, we'll just rebroadcast what, you know, the dev blogs are or what this blogger did or what this yeah, uh, exactly. streamer did. And, 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 and this is one of the reasons I like TMC. TMC is we're going to write about other games and we're going to write about Eve News when Eve News is pressing and important and that sort of stuff. Or when people but, find it interesting that they want to write something about it. Yeah, I will mm-hmm. say that a part of what my role is, what Madderall's role is, uh, is to identify uh, some things that would make a uh, you know a good article. We have on our internal Trello a bunch of stuff that is... Uh, like a like an article we want written, but there is no one making anybody writing anything. And I think actually we get the best results when we have people uh, coming up with pieces independently that they feel uh, mm. and p- passionate about in the first place to just go for it. And well, that and that's, that's the point kind though. of yeah, exactly. I mean that boils down to the 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 very core of what Eve Media is all about. At the end of the day. It's people writing something they enjoy about their hobby, whether it be the fight that they're involved in or the, the you know the big drama that their alliance was involved in or something along those lines. That's what drives people to write things for EM24, TMC, Crossing Zebras, whatever. It's it's something that they're interested in and they want to share it with other people. Yeah, and if you have something you're interested in and you want to share with other people, drop us a line at submissions at thebatani.com today. Thank you. And that is, uh, we'll end really quickly here, but that is the the opposite of what is hard to do, and that is to get people to take assignments and write about something they don't know about. Because first of all, they don't know if they can write about it. Uh, Second of all, they don't have contacts. 
and third of all, yeah. that's a lot of work. And so how do you get people motivated to write news that people expect? And it seems like that's the, the real issue that you know sites are going to need to do going forward to report the news in EVE that's actually about EVE in the game, not just yeah, uh, totally. an opinion or analysis. And I include myself in that group. I write a lot of news, but I also write a lot of analysis of the news to try to get people caught up to give it context, but it still is yeah. my point of view on things instead of the hard facts as I went out and tracked them down. And, and even then, you look at that, there is so much more going out there that is outside of our sphere of knowledge that could be written about, and it's not. Right. Okay, guys, uh, we've reached the end of the show. If you guys have any little comment you want to make real quick, I'll uh, let you guys have a quick second. I'm not calling out names, just uh, let me know if you do. Matter all, you're cutting out big time. Uh, I'm actually going to use my, my shout out portion to kind of make one last point because why not? We don't have time for it. I know. Never mind. Yes. We'll fine. We'll, we'll <laughs> yeah, some other time. Thanks everyone for showing up. We will see you next week with my strict running the show. I am out on vacation. Be back a week after that. Sorry about the technical problems. We we're trying new things, and my workplace where I broadcast actually has had problems this week with internet speeds. Uh, so thanks very much. Up next is Drunk Canadian, and he'll be playing uh, CSGO, that is uh, Counter-Strike Go, uh, and drinking a bunch. So stick around for him. Thanks again. What we'll game is this? Counter-Strike Go. See you next week. Bye, guys. Next week. What's Counter-Strike Go? Thanks for watching. <laughs> Tyler.